Hi everyone, I'm Larry Walsh and this is Pod2112, the official podcast of the 2112 Group, where we talk with industry executives, thought leaders, and influencers about the trend shaping the technology market and the world around us. In the technology industry, the biggest markets are the United States, Europe, and Asia. These markets account for 85% of hardware, 90% of software, and 90% of services spending. IDC lumps all the other regions making up the balance in the rest of the world category. Among the rest of the world is Latin America, which makes up 3-4% to of global IT spending. While it's not a lot comparatively to other regions, it's a vibrant market. Latin America spans nearly 7.5 million square miles, it's home to more than 640 million people, and contains more than three dozen countries, territories, and dependencies. And among those countries are two of the largest economies in the world, Brazil, which ranks number 9, and Mexico, which is 15th. Collectively, Latin America's economic output is more than $10.5 trillion annually. Even more, it's in the backyard of the largest technology market in the world, namely the United States. Many Latin American countries are listed among the emerging class. The region is rich in natural resources and labor, and is primed for further economic expansion, making it a prime target for technology sales and channels. Unfortunately, Latin America doesn't get the respect it deserves. Political and economic instability, regressive taxation and importation restrictions, and bureaucratic corruption often give people the impression that Latin America is difficult, if not an undesirable, place to do business. Not so, says our guest Fernando Quintero, who recently joined security vendor CrowdStrike as its vice president of Latin America. Born in Venezuela before immigrating to the United States in his youth, Fernando has worked in the Latin American market for the better part of his career, holding sales positions at Compaq and McAfee. He was McAfee's Latin America channel chief before taking over the whole of the Americas channel. And following his time in the Americas channel chief role, Fernando moved on to become McAfee's general manager of Latin America. Being a native Spanish speaker helps in doing business in Latin America, but Fernando says there's much more to finding success south of the border. It's about understanding the local culture, listening to partners and customers' needs, and building trust. Fernando Quintero joins us here in Pod 2112 to help dispel some of the myths about Latin America and how to find success in working in Latin American countries. And with that, Fernando, welcome to Pod 2112. Thank you, Larry. Thanks for the invite. Pleasure to be here. Latin America is, is not a new market for you. Tell us a little bit about it from a, from a technology maturity perspective. What is Latin America like relative to other markets that you've worked in? It's, it's a very interesting territory and a very interesting region, very sophisticated. And there's usually a lag when you look at the U.S. or when you look at North America and you look at technology adoption in the U.S., there's usually a lag on average. Obviously, the the, the biggest customers will adopt uh, faster, but there's a general lag of about two, three years. So, for example, if in the U.S., they're going through a specific tran- digital transformation such as cloud, you'll see it. You'll see that trend happen in in, in the next couple of years in, in Latin America. So it's a it's kind of a, a tail type approach, but it's pretty interesting in terms of one that, once that adoption starts, the cycle continues for. For uh, for for usually a longer period than you see in the U.S. when you get one any any new technology trend. Yeah, why why is that though? Because it's not a a, a developing region, if you will. I mean, there is you know I've traveled through through large parts of of South America. There's it's I know that some people think of it as being somewhat undeveloped, but it actually is not true. You're right. It's it's, it's a very developed region. What causes that lag? 
and and it is developed sophisticated and the people are pretty sophisticated as well when you look at the level of knowledge professionalism it's it's there i think the lag is the ability for vendors to 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 trust and understand the investment it's a, it's a complex it's very complex at the end of the day you're talking about 46 different countries um, a lot of people think well you know it's either spanish or portuguese no all 46 are very different with different culture different traditions different history different business uh, engagements or ways of doing business and even different greeting types right so when you look at complexity of all these different countries when you look at legislation you look at taxes you look at sometimes the some 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 of the legislation is not very effective at allowing some of the new technologies to come in quicker and 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 at the end of the day you look at vendors and saying uh, what's a risk reward opportunity, and that's why I think it usually takes a little takes a bit longer, right? Uh, but again, it all it all depends. There are verticals, there are sectors of the market that that adopt faster. You look at financial, you look at telco, and you look at um, at probably a couple others, and those are usually on top of the curve when it comes to adoption. But on on average, that lag, I believe, it has to do with complexity because obviously. Things have to be proven. Usually they take off immediately in the U.S. And, and many of the technologies are born here in the U.S. And then obviously they replicate down as, as there's customer adoption and more customer confidence. So I think complexity with customer trust in terms of, all right, we've seen this happen. It's been happening for a while. This new category or this trend is working well in, in, in some of the bigger markets. Now it's time for us to actually adopt and, and take a look into this. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, it does. I mean, I, I guess the thing that my impression is in, in many parts of, of Latin America is that the some of the perceived or real instability, because you're right, the regulatory climate is, is vastly different. It's vastly complex because of the, the way that different countries operate. Um, but it, it, I, I always left with the impression that the, the services segment of it is what's driving the market, that there is more of an ability, particularly amongst the telcos, to be a conduit or a channel to market rather than what we consider to be a two-tier distribution model. How valid is that? Very valid. Very valid. And if you look at uh, you know the main players, obviously, being one of them being uh, Telefonica in Latin America and the other one being America Mobile. There are others, but these are the, the primary ones, at least the ones with most presence in in most countries. And when you look at them and you look at their B2B approach, it's it's getting more intense and it's obviously gaining more traction. But there is a there's definitely a trend of of service providers going in, bundling some of the packagings into their B2B offerings and then obviously offering that to to, to customers. So that is definitely happening, um, uh, Larry. But the you know the traditional two-tier distribution model is still predominant, right? And uh, depending on the customer you speak to will depend on the the type of engagement they want the, you know obviously the boutique specialized partners have have obviously more technical knowledge and more probably expertise on on whatever solutions they're looking at versus some of the the other service providers so when you look at expertise when you look at at knowledge on on solutions being very specialized the the two-tier model usually has a bit more value but when you look at ease of doing business when you look at ability to have monthly payments on some of these Technologies obviously, obviously, the service providers will bring more value here. So, you also have to look at the 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 pyramid, right? When you look at the SMB, and let's classify SMB as sub 250 users. That there's more tendency of those SMBs going to service providers to provide more additional or additional services in terms of the some of the offerings they have with them already. 
And when you start looking at the top and you go to, let's let's forget about mid-market for a second. When you go to enterprise and you look at the top 100 accounts, that is a combination of the big service providers due to some of the agreements they have already on hosting or whatever other technology they're they're working with together. So adding on top of that is usually easy, but you also have a combination of service providers, even service providers working in conjunction with some of the two-tier distribution resellers to be able to integrate and bring that expertise and that ease of doing business together. So yeah, yeah. definitely, definitely happening. What do the partners look for from from technology vendors? And do, how how vastly does it change from from different countries in in different parts of the region? Because you know, one of the things that that sometimes frustrates me in in doing work in Latin America is that there's it's seen as the totality of the market, as you mentioned, is Brazil and Mexico, and then everybody else. Uh, and the partners kind of get swept up into that as well. Is that you got Brazilian partners, you got Mexican partners, and then you got everyone else. So, what are the partners' expectations, and and also how do how differently do they get treated because of maybe some misperceptions or misconceptions? Yeah, and, and that's a very good very good point, Larry. So I think you know I'll, I'll I'll talk about a couple of things. The first one is the first bigger expectation they have is it's it's people business at the end of the day and that happens everywhere all, all over the world right but the trust factor is extremely important when when vendors go to to latin america to do business so the the they're expecting for you to engage and learn right and they understand that you might have a a, a level of expertise that they don't have but the, the the people factor is very important so important for them to understand that people are valued for them not just for the potential deal and that usually happens because they can see right through if if the intentions of the vendor are, you know, I'm building a relationship because of just the deal and not taking additional time to build a more genuine relationship or, or trust with that customer, partner, whatever the, the, the factor is, they will see right through and, and, and they'll, you know, there'll be trust issues at the end. So, you know, it, it's, it's easy. You have to get below the surface. You have to understand that every country is important and everyone is very different. It's not just a Portuguese, Spanish thing. So there are just big differences between each and every one of them. And once people have a, a good understanding and they see that you, you care about that and you respect that and you go below the surface, the level of loyalty and, and trust uh, definitely increases, right? So it's all about building that trust, making sure that um, if you're a vendor and you commit and you invest, uh, make sure that it's not a part-time deal. They, they're also expecting a full-time investment. They're expecting to, you know, and your word is going to be paramount at the end of the day. But um, but they will will ex- will expect that that investment is not just a dip your your toe. That you're all in with them, and they will commit as well. They'll they'll do the same thing. They'll. If you tell them to get uh, enablement, uh, get enabled uh, through certain tracks, whether it's sales, technical, whatever that is, they'll they'll follow that. But they have to see that trust and they have to see that investment. And it's not just money, but investment on time from your side as well. But yeah, it's it's interesting how um, I see and I've seen it over and over. There are a couple of a couple of issues. People come in and generalize and they say, well, because we do it in Brazil with X customer, here's why you should do it. Then you know the the that customer in, in the other country they don't care about what you're doing in Brazil they care about that actual customer right so it's very important and I've seen if you go to let's go to a small territory let's go to a small island and go to Dominican Republic and you look at the 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 biggest bank in Dominican Republic they believe they deserve to be treated the same way you treat a, a large global bank because they are the biggest one in that island whether they're five thousand users or ten thousand 
it doesn't matter. They expect the same level of professionalism, same level of respect, and they don't want vendors to come in and say, well, because we have Bank of whatever or Global Bank of X, this is why you should do it. They need for you to understand the differences of their needs, obviously the the type of problem they're trying to solve, and then based on that, uh, customize a bit the, the experience for them. So that's I've seen a lot of mistakes on, well, because we do it here this way, this is how you should do it. That's that's one. And then the other one that's always uh, very apparent is I see people with, again, some of the, the most expert technologists and people that know their, sub, their subject matter experts on whatever they represent, whatever technology. And they go to accounts, they get the, the meetings with the CISO, the CIO, they get the high-level meetings, and they just don't spend the time understanding the problem, understanding the issue. And, and, and they get into that conversation, and the customer ends up saying, yeah, you know what, great technology, good conversation, but you didn't take the time to understand what my problem was because you think that because you fixed a global problem or a, or a problem with a bank in the U.S., you're going to be able to fix mine. So I see that, and, and it's kind of crashing against the wall with, again, by not taking the time to truly understand the issue, understand the differences, and understand some of the some of the cultural traits that make up the the, the actual country. So yeah, don't, don't I think the advice is don't assume that every country is the same, and take the time to understand the differences. Every every one of the forty six countries in, in in islands in in the in the region is is very different. Yeah, you know, you, you started off that by talking about trust and you know one of the things that strikes me as you talk about the 46 countries you have 50 some odd countries in europe and we don't necessarily have the same uh same trust issues or same apprehensions as we do when when transacting or looking at doing business in latin america and part of that seemingly is because there is stability or long-term stability in Europe as opposed to regional instability in Latin America. No need to go into your Venezuelan by birth, no need to go into <laughs> the troubles that are happening there, right? But <laughs> Colombia just in the past couple of years settled a 30-year civil war. You have Brazil's shift to the, you know, hard shift to the right and a lot of political corruption. You have Argentina defaulting on its debt. Um, and that's off the, you know, and then of course, you know, the, you know, there's a laundry list of things about what's happening in Mexico. Does that, how do you manage a go-to-market strategy and operations when you do have, whether it's real or perceived, because, you know, I, I don't want to play into the, our own, you know, U.S. political rhetoric about it, but there is real and perceived instability within the region. How do you manage a go-to-market strategy and operations among, amid all that? Yeah, I think, you, you know, the, the answer is, is, is going to sound obvious, but you stay away from politics. <laughs> stay away from religion and stay away from soccer. Anything around those three conversations will will cause issues, right? So, um, but I, you know, uh, the reality is, Larry, it does impact, it does affect, um, obviously, especially some of the relationship um, uh, discussions and some of the, some of the, the trade uh, conversations that are happening, especially within the U.S. I mean, most of the Latin America countries, their main source of, of, uh, of exports is the U.S. U.S. is always a main customer for, for for many of these countries, right? So it does affect, and we, I mean, in, in Latin America, we still have a long road ahead in terms of legislation, taxes, protection, paternalism, in terms of uh, of the way uh, governments see things, right? So there there's a big challenge, but 
the you know the good thing is that the opportunity uh, is is there. I'm I'm in security. I'm in cybersecurity. So the big big customers, medium customers, small customers, everyone has to they have to protect their data. And there's uh, and there's progression. We've seen more GDPR type uh, laws come into effect. The one in Brazil is one of the biggest ones that will go into effect as, as of August of 2020. So it's already been written. Countries have almost a year and change to actually be compliant uh, with their uh, their Brazilian GDPR, which is a, it's called LPG, LPGD, uh, Ley Protección Geral de Dados. Um, and, and, and again, we're seeing more of that. So that's also creating opportunity in terms of security. Obviously, I'm, I'm speaking cybersecurity right now, but but again, as countries get, as countries become more mature, more aware of the the impact of personal information, confidential information, and, and company data altogether, and they understand the impact of obviously some of the cyber crimes and cyber attacks, and and with everything that's happening around the world, whether it's uh, when it, whether it's nations, whether it's hacktivism, whether it's cyber crime, uh, they they will continue, and especially in this market to. To make changes and, and regulation to, to assist customers in having better a, a better technology, right? So I think that happens in other categories as well. Uh, you know, you look at cloud, and obviously cloud was a big a big question mark. Am I going to have the data in the cloud? So five years ago, customers wouldn't talk about that. So you go back two years, and there were customers that were still, well, we're not ready for the cloud. And then the big catalyst came in with Office 365 and, 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 and a, an enormous migration of customers migrating. And now all of a sudden, the ones that didn't want to move to the cloud are saying, "I have to move to the cloud right away, and I have to have, uh, I have to have whether it's you know whatever, whether it's a hybrid cloud, I have to have uh, cloud services enabled and 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 work through uh, cloud applications very quickly." So, legislation and and there are trends that that usually help with the opportunity as well. But uh, I think it's a it's a maturity question, and it's a mature it's a it's a question of time. All countries are maturing at a different pace. But some of the leading ones, uh, from a proximity perspective, you'll see Mexico, you'll see in terms of legislation, Colombia, Chile, and some of those countries in terms of uh, of selling as a service, not selling products anymore, but selling based on outcomes and and handling uh, as a services models for for any technology is is pretty much ahead and pretty much in line with with what we have in the U.S. So uh, it's it's interesting to see the shift. But yeah, I mean the 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 politics will always affect. But the good thing is customers understand, and the, their level of maturity makes them understand that they do have to have technologies. Again, the the thing of the cloud, it's not a it's not optional anymore. It's competitive. It's the, the the elasticity. And if I'm not migrating and being more efficient with my products and services with our customers, we're we're dead. It's a question of survival, right? So yeah. the, the companies are seeing that. It is, isn't it amazing though? I, I I couldn't agree with you more. Politics, religion, and football. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and I'm going to correct you because you say soccer down there, you will you will get a beaten. But those are the three the the three third rails, are they not? And in, oh. and not to make too light of this, but I think the greatest swimming competition I've ever seen was the World Cup played in Brazil. Yeah, because that that stadium <laughs> turned into a pond. Yep. <laughs> you know, yeah. You know, an interesting thing though is that um, you're going through this process. You've you've been working the the, the Latin markets for the better part of the last twenty years. Um, 
but you're in a position now to where you're building out a region again for a company. You're you're essentially taking a company into the region almost for the first time. What's it like to go through that process of identifying the opportunities, identifying the the, the initial hot opportunities or entry points and building out that team, as you say, it's all about working with people. How is it that you are going about building a, a team that is able to to develop and stay in region? Yeah. And and there are, you know, I'll, I'll mention a couple of steps. The first one is is more of an internal step, right? You have to get that commitment I was talking about and that investment to go in. It can't just be, oh, let's dip the toe in because customers will see through that and they won't. They'll commit if you commit, right? And the same thing with partners. So, you know, you have to get that executive commitment. And, and that's one of the most important things because, you know, Latin America, however you look at it, there's, there's always in the back of, of uh, especially U.S. companies, in the back of their minds, there's always a, a risk factor, right? Again, because of environment, inequality, crime, violence, uncertainty, governments, blah, 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 all the, all the stuff we know about. But when you look at, when you look at the, the region in terms of the opportunity and when you commit to the region, there are still a whole bunch of, of, of uh, issues that you have to deal with. But the first one is, do we really want to be in market? And are we willing to commit long-term to do this? Because if not, it's it's very hard, very difficult. I see a lot of companies try or they sell a good deal in in, in a country. And because they sell that good deal, they throw a, a resource and that's it. And then obviously that becomes stale and, 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 and it goes away. But the commitment is very important, especially from the company. So once you get that executive executive commitment, I think you're in, in good hands. And then the other thing is you have to have the right combination of, of people to be able to inspire and build that trust inside. Because again, in the back of the minds, there's still the, is there a reputational risk for me as a, as a US company when I do business in X market? I mean, I'll, we're, talking, we're speaking about Latin America. So there's reputational risk, there's financial risk, and there are other types of risks associated. So if you can get the right combination of of the get obviously the right people the people that have done it people that 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 have uh, very high levels of ethics integrity you can get that into the mix of yeah we're going in but we're going in with the right folks i think that that helps so it's pretty interesting um to see it and and this is something we're building from almost scratch we've been doing business in in the region for a while and we have some good accounts but we the, the opportunity is still tremendous ahead of us but it'll it'll be um, again it'll be extremely interesting to see the the growth and and when I look at an opportunity like this when I say well you have to have a couple of factors the first one again buy in from the executives leadership has to be bought in and to going in and this is something obviously I look for this, the other one is is there an opportunity is there a, an, an addressable market that's worth obviously putting the investment in for the region because as as you mentioned. It's always kind of the, you know, and when you look at GDP and you add all 46 countries, we're talking about, it's, it's probably between five and a half and 6% of the global GDP, right? And, uh, and, and that's what it represents for vendors. If you talk to any vendor, you talk to the big ones, the hardware ones, the operating system ones, any, any vendor, it doesn't necessarily have to be uh, software, but any of them, they, they always tell you it's between three and five, 6% of the business. So that's the percentage of opportunity. So once you're okay with that and you're willing to make the investment to, to obviously get a reward at the end, that's good. And then the other factor is right technology, right? And that's one of the the ones I looked at deeply to, to make the decision to come here is, is, you know, do you have a mature enough technology that adapts to the market and is good for this market? Because just because it works in other places doesn't mean 
it'll work in Latin America. There are challenges such as bandwidth. Uh, obviously, the when you look at urban uh, regions in the world, Latin America is one of the most urbanized region. There are you know over 50 cities with over a million people, so it's it's very spread out. But that brings infrastructure infrastructure challenges, telecommunications, bandwidth, and a whole bunch of other stuff. If you want to adopt cloud, you will have to deal with some of that. So. Yeah. Well, sound words, Fernando, sound words. I, you know, I'm going to share with you my personal, one of my personal goals is to hold an industry event in Tierra del Fuego. Oh, that yeah. way we can say that we've been to the end of the world. Yeah, we'll do it. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> All right. Fernando Quintero, thanks for joining us on Pod 2112. Thank you very much, Larry. Thanks for the opportunity. Well, that's all the time we have for this episode of Pod 2112. I want to thank my guest, Fernando Quintero of CrowdStrike, for sharing his insights on selling technology in Latin America. I also want to thank all of you for listening into Pod 2112, a production of the 2112 Group. The 2112 Group is a smart professional services firm supporting the technology industry with research, strategy development, and enablement services. To find out more about how 2112 can help you, visit our website, the2112group.com. Also, check out Channelnomics, our news and analyst site, where you can find insights into technology and market trends affecting the technology industry and indirect sales models. Don't miss a single episode of Pod 2112. Subscribe today on Apple iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. You don't want to miss a single episode. Join us again next time when we bring you more insight from the technology industry's best thought leaders and influencers. Until then, I'm Larry Walsh. Thank you. Thank you.